टीनेज इयर्स इन अर्बन इंडिया और प्री टीन इयर्स इन फॉर एनी टीनेजर इन अक्रॉस द वर्ल्ड आई थिंक दैट पर्टिकुलर वॉइस हैज इन बीन एज मच कन्वेड इन लिटरेचर एज इट हैज बीन इन द कैचर इन द राय बाय जे डी सैलिंगर इफ देर इज एन एयर बुक यू कैन सर्टनली टेल मी बट when i first read it i didn't think much of it but uh, now that i've read it couple of times i think i'm still discovering the book i just read it a couple of times uh i think it speaks the right voice in conveying what would it age or tell a story like and despite it not having any plot and just speaking about a week in a particular uh kid's life a pretty fucked up life for him at that point because he is going or in and out of schools and he is not kind of confirming to the system in a way but he is not having any clue about where to go either i think that's a space where many teenagers or even after teenage i think most of us don't know where to go uh, apart from parents insisting in india that you either be engineers or doctors and or nowadays mbas and every everybody <laughs> sets up a line to do that and kind of stuff the assembly line kind of stuff that happens or the sheep kind of stuff go where the other sheep are going so i think uh, catcher in the rye kind of gives that perfect uh, almost a very poignant voice to uh, a very americanized voice a very distinct voice and that's why jd salinger uh, who remained uh, notoriously reclusive until until his death in 2010 he was about 89 90 i think by that time and this was his first novel which was uh, serialized i think in 45 46 partially and then came out as a book in 1951 so it is a very americanized thing and uh, i think a certain relation to the certain points to it at even culturally i think even we probably we indians even uh, wouldn't relate to it i think i don't relate to it that way also the whole fears that uh, hordon Caulfield has that's his name i guess in the book and uh, the whole thing about alienation and finding your way and not finding it and uh, kind of been afraid of life also and unsure of it afraid of intimacy or anyone reaching out to you it's that kind of age 15 16 you know confused time especially if you're not confirming i guess to the whole what is happening for schools and parents telling you to do your thing and stuff but it's conveyed in such a poignant way in this book that it gets to you and uh but i think there are still points in it which don't get to indian reader uh, probably an american reader would more more relate to it because only recently i think india has turned urban and now that so due to social media and cell phones and especially the uh, the social a blankness that has happened because of the covid pandemic and uh, we staying at homes and zoom been the new interacting thing and probably now alienation and uh, the whole thing is getting to us the whole uh, fear of living in cities and unsureness of life and uh, especially dead old since not knowing where to go whom to reach out to and what to do with life so anyway i'll read uh, from this book i think i'll start right at the beginning and see how far it goes so listening to movies music books etc by snehit kumar and i'll be reading from a book excerpt from the catcher in the rye by jd salinger 
so probably the right person to do out this reading is a 16 year old american <laughs> from the 1950s probably i can attempt doing an indian version of an alien alienated youth of the of 16 year old or 17 year old probably i can just be myself and my 38 year old self and try reading this particular excerpt so here it is the first chapter from of the catcher in the rye by jd salango if you really want to hear about it the first thing you'll probably want to know is where i was born and what my lousy childhood was like and how my parents were occupied and all before they had me and all that david copperfield kind of crap but i don't feel like going into it if you want to know the truth in the first place that stuff bores me and in the second place my parents would have about two hemorrhages apiece if i told anything pretty personal about them they are quite touchy about anything like that especially my father they are nice and all i am not saying that but they are also touchy as hell besides i am not going to tell you my whole goddamn autobiography or anything i'll just tell you about this madman stuff that happened to me around last christmas just before i got pretty run down and had to come out here and take it easy i mean that's all i told db about and he's my brother and all he is in hollywood now uh, that isn't uh, too far from this crumby place and he comes over and visits me practically every weekend he's going to drive me home when i go home uh, next month maybe he's just got a jaguar uh, one of those uh, little english jobs that i can do around 200 miles an hour it cost him damn near 4000 bucks he's got a lot of dow no now he didn't used to he used to be just a regular writer when he was home he wrote this terrific book of short stories the secret goldfish in case you never heard of him the best one in it, in it is uh, was the go- secret goldfish it was about uh, this little kid that wouldn't let anybody look at his goldfish because he had brought it and uh, with his own money it killed me now he's out in hollywood db being a prostitute if uh, there's one thing i hate it's the movies don't even mention them to me where i want to start telling is the day i left pensy prep pensy prep is that school that's in adjustown pensley pensley <laughs> pensylvania pennsylvania so you now know that i am an indian reading this not an american pennsylvania if i got that right where i want to start telling is the day i left uh, Pensy Prep. Pensy Prep is that school that's in Adjustown, Pens- Pennsylvania. You probably heard of it. You've probably seen the ads anyway. They advertise in about a thousand magazines, uh, always showing some hotshot guy on a horse jumping over a fence. Like if all you ever did at Pensy was play polo all the time. I never w- even once saw a horse anywhere near the place. and underneath the guy on the horse's picture it always says since 1888 we have been molding boys into splendid clear thinking young men strictly for the birds they don't do any damn more molding at pensy than they do at any other school and i didn't know anybody there that was splendid and clear thinking and all maybe two guys if that many and they probably came to pensy that way Anyway it was Saturday of the football game with Saxon Hall the game with Saxon Hall was supposed to be a very big deal around Pensy it was the last game of the year and you were supposed to commit suicide or something if old Pensy didn't win I remember around 3 o'clock that afternoon I was standing way the hell up on top of Thompson Hill right next to the that crazy cannon that was in the revolutionary war and all 
uh, you could see the whole field from here you could see the two teams bashing each other all over the place you couldn't see the grandstand too hot but you could hear them all yelling deep and terrific on the pensy side because practically the whole school except me was there and scrawny and faggy on the saxon hall side uh, because uh, the visiting team hardly ever brought many people with them there were never many girls at all at the football games only seniors were allowed to bring girls with them it was a terrible school no matter how you looked at it i like to be somewhere at least where you can see a few girls around them once in a while or even if they are only scratching their arms or blowing their noses or even just giggling or something old selma thurmer she was the headmaster's daughter showed up at the games quite often and but she wasn't exactly the type that drove you mad with desire she was a pretty nice girl though i sat next to her once in a bus from adjust town and we sort of struck up a conversation I liked her. She had a big nose and her nails were all bitten down and bleedy looking and she had on those uh, damn falsies that point all over the place but uh, uh, you felt sort of sorry for her. When I liked what I liked about her she didn't give you a lot of horse manure about what a great guy her father was. Uh, she probably knew what a phony club he was. The reason I was standing way up on Thompson Hill instead of going at the game was because I had just got back from New York with the fencing team. I was the goddamn manager of the fencing team. Very big deal. We had gone in to New York that morning with that fencing meet uh, with Mac Burney School. Only we didn't have the meet. I left all the foils and equipment and stuff on the goddamn subway. It wasn't all my fault. I had to keep getting up to look at the maps so we would know where to get off. So we got back to Pensy around 2:30 instead of around dinner time. That whole team ostracized me the whole way back to to on the train. It was pretty funny in a way. The other reason I wasn't down at the game was because I was on my way to say goodbye to old Spencer, my history teacher. He had the gripe. and i figured i probably wouldn't see him again till christmas vacation started he wrote me this note saying he wanted to see me before i went home he knew i wasn't coming back to spency uh, i forgot to tell you about that uh, they kicked me out i wasn't supposed to come back after christmas vacation on account of uh, i was flunking four subjects and not applying myself and all they gave me frequent uh, warning to start applying myself especially around mid terms when my parents came up for a conference with old thermer but i didn't do it so i got the axe they give guys the axe quite frequently at pensy it has a very good academic rating pensy it really does anyway it was december and all and it was cold as a witch's teat especially on top of that stupid hill i only had on my reversible and no gloves or anything the week before that someone had stolen my camel's hair coat right out of my room and with my fur lined gloves right in the pocket and all pensy was full of crooks quite a few guys came from the these very wealthy families but it was full of crooks anyway the more expensive a school is more the more crooks it has yeah, i'm not kidding anyway i keep standing next to that crazy cannon looking down at the game and freezing my ass off only i wasn't watching the game too much what i was really hanging around for i was trying to feel some kind of a goodbye i mean i left schools and places i didn't even know i was leaving them i hate that i don't care if it's a sad goodbye or a bad goodbye but when i leave a place i like to know i am leaving it 
if you don't you feel even worse i was lucky all of a sudden i thought of something that helped make me know i was getting the hell out i suddenly remembered this time in around october that i and robert Th- robert thichner and paul campbell were chucking a football around in front of the academic building they were nice guys especially thichner it was just before dinner and it was getting pretty dark out but we kept chucking the ball around anyway it kept getting darker and darker and we could hardly see the ball anymore but we didn't uh, want to stop doing what we were doing finally we had to the teacher that thought uh, biology mr zambezi stuck his head out of the window in the academic building and told us to go back to the dorm and get ready for dinner if i get a chance to remember that kind of stuff i can get a goodbye when i need one at least most of the time i can as soon as i got it i turned around and started running down the other side of the hill towards old spencer's house he didn't uh, live in, on the campus he lived on anthony wayne avenue i ran all the way to the main gate then i waited a second till i got my breath i have uh, no wind if you want to know the truth i am quite a heavy smoker for one thing that is i used to be they made me cut it out another thing i grew 6 and 1/2 inches last year that's also how i practically got tb and uh, came out here for all these goddamn checkups and stuff i'm pretty healthy though anyway on as soon as i got my health back i ran across route 204 it was icy as hell and i damn near fell down i don't even know what i was running for i guess i felt just felt like it after i got across the road i felt like i was sort of disappearing it was that kind of a crazy afternoon terrifically cold and no sun out or anything and you felt like you were disappearing every time you crossed a road boy as sprang the rang that doorbell fast when i got to old spencer's house it was really frozen my ears were hurting and i could hardly move my fingers at all come on come on i said right out aloud almost somebody open the door finally old mrs spencer opened it they didn't have a maid on anything they always opened the door themselves they didn't have too much dow so that's where i end the rambling narration of uh, that first chapter from the catcher in the rye by jd salango i think uh, I mean that's me reading it for the third time actually from the start uh, I remember finishing it the first two times I read it at different ages first time I think it didn't make much sense to me uh, I found it rambling but the second time I read it ages later and I found it to be quite beautiful and poignant in telling a teenage person's emotion so anyway that was it from movies music books etc by Sneet Kumar this was I think uh This is not a penguin edition if i remember i got to check what edition is this so anyway that so that was it from uh, the book excerpt section of movies music books etc by snait kumar until next time happy reading to you and this was a publication called little brown books uh, it's pretty simple but i i thought a very great cover white white blank uh, background a black text uh, stating the book's title and author's name and also a uh, green purple blue orange red and again purple colors used on either side of uh, uh, diagonally on both sides both sides of the book on the right and on the right down and uh, left top so it's quite of a simple design but it's something iconic to for a book book cover design as such 
but anyway that's it uh, from here uh, until next time happy reading thank you Thank you.